Who Will You Choose? Part 2 by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor In the last blast, we saw how God would restore His government. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 reveals how the Lord will go about restoring all things. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we see this government will not fail. Why? Because with Christ functioning through it, revelation from the tree of life is fed to it, and it is watered from the river of life that flows from him. Looking back on the early church's government, although it was very powerful in the beginning, as we know, during the Dark Ages, most of the government was lost. The economy was also lost, and in fact, the Holy Spirit himself was even lost to much of the church world. There was no evidence of speaking in tongues, and instead, it was suggested it may be demonic. Blasphemy! Even though God had wanted his economy set up a certain way, it wasn't long before the people again took charge and gave as they pleased, if they gave it all. The priesthood was left to fend for themselves, and the people were cursed as a result of their lawlessness. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. The office of apostle and prophet were no longer recognized, and men again began hiring and firing their own leadership. They chose their own governments again. Christianity, like Eve and Israel, changed her course and lost her power. History keeps repeating the same old mistakes, it seems. Why do I say that? Because, think about it, much of the church still functions through the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, and man cannot possibly succeed as long as he refuses to separate from Satan the world he has molded and all that is his. Let's face it. Man, for the most part, still doesn't want God directing his lifestyle, nor does he want his government or economy. This is the sentiment of most of humanity today. But the good news is, there are a few that do choose the tree of life, and there are those that really do want God's government, his economy, his truth, and wisdom. They really mean it when they pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They are the born-again, set-free trees of righteousness, sacred seeds, the plantings of the Lord. These are offspring of the tree of life, not Israel, by natural bloodlines, nor do they have anything to do with this soulish realm. They are born through God into His kingdom and are here in this world as vessels God is working through to regain this planet for mankind as before the Adamic fall. Let us look again at Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, to see who they are. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
heirs of salvation, heirs of God's protection, and see this, heirs of the world. So the earth will be replenished by a new generation of people born through the word, the tree of life. All of this will be accomplished through the seed of Abraham, just as it was promised so long ago. Genesis chapter 17, verses 3 through 6, shows us the kingdom government will also come from Abraham's descendants. Then Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. You will be selected by the Lord, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. God's government will be restored. Romans chapter 4 verse 13 shows us the promise to those that have the faith to believe in the world being restored to God's family, Abraham's seed. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. You see, the early church and its government had to die so that at the end of the seventh day of God's rest, Jubilee could appear and a fresh crop come forth in the eighth day. As a new day starts in the evening and continues into night, it appeared nothing had changed. But in the beginning rays of dawn, a new breed begins to appear. An entirely different kind has been birthed, and this crop will multiply and become more fruitful much faster than the Seventh-day Church. John taught this spiritual principle in John, chapter 12, verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, as did the early church, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. The latter harvest, the church triumphant. This crop will be far superior as it is rained on by the knowledge from the tree of life as compared to the former crop watered by the tree of good and evil. The end-time government will be chosen by God from this crop. In fact, they will even wear His name on their foreheads. They are His personal property. Revelation chapter 22, verses 4 and 5. They the seed of Abraham, shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. All evil is therefore exposed. The night is over. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. The prince of light conquers the prince of darkness, and they shall reign forever and ever. This government will reign into eternity. The question I now ask you, the reader, after reading part one of this two-part blast, will you continue to follow a government that has been chosen by man and fed from the tree of good and evil to govern this planet? Or will you seek out God's government and pledge your loyalty there? If man's government is still your choice in the supernatural, you are marked to enter the final battle with a 666 stamp 
on your hand and the name of Satan branded on your forehead. As the body of Christ faces the body of Satan, Antichrist, you see the beast, the government of Satan, and the lamb, the government of God, will meet face to face. Here's a little sneak preview as to who the victor will be. Revelation chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies, gathered together to make war against him, Jesus, who sat on the horse and against his army, the army of God. Then the beast was captured, man's government, and with him the false prophet, man's religions, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast, 666, and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword, put out of commission by truth, which proceeded from the mouth, the prophets, of him who sat on the horse, of praise, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. When will all of this come about? Second Peter chapter 10, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells.